Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. That sounds great, EK. EK's at it today. So I just want to start off with just giving you a nickel's worth of free advice. And that is never trust a fart. Never, ever trust a fart. You may get more than you bargained for. It's just something that I learned today. Something I could pass on to you and expand your knowledge and wisdom. Welcome. Welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, The Madman, and today's Radio Man Day. Radio Man Day. If you see that on my hat, uh, Radio Man is a term, <laughs> a Navy term for people who served in the Navy and worked in communications. Now, um, as you may or may not know, last week I talked uh, a little bit. I t- uh, uh, told a couple stories from my time in the Navy, and I clipped it. I made a video out of it. I put it up on my YouTube channel, and I shared that with a bunch of uh, Radio Men in a group I, um, I'm on on Facebook, and a bunch of guys all of a sudden <laughs> had a bunch of stories of their own, crazy, crazy Navy, Navy stories of their own to tell us. And so we're going to have a little bit of fun today. We're not going to listen to me ranting about stuff that pisses me off. It's like why I hate Star Trek and all that stuff. We're not going to do all that. We're going to give the madman a day off. And I'm just going to read a bunch of comments of crazy Navy stories that a bunch of other radio men uh, submitted. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to use any names because from what I understand, you know, alcohol may or may not have been involved in some, some or all of these stories. And, you know, the statute of limitations may not have run out on some of them as well. So I'm not going to use any names. I'm going to keep you all in, <laughs> keep you all anonymous. But the stories are so great, I have to share them with you. Before we do that, I want to remind you to have, that I have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron, $3 a month. It's really great. It's a really cheap deal. I'd appreciate it if you did that. You can also advertise on this show. So if you have some internet company or something like that, and you just want me to shout out your product or website or whatever, here's how you order and tell you how tell everybody how great your product is i can do that it's all available on patreon.com slash shock monkey radio i also have a cash app use the cash tag shock monkey radio you can send me money that way i'd appreciate it and if you want to send me an email you can email me at madman at fxbgpr.com also uh scott versus scott volume 12 came out uh we recorded that uh on monday and i posted it on tuesday morning so it's also available that's available exclusively on the youtube channel so go to the Shock Monkey Radio YouTube channel if you're not already watching here. And you should see Scott versus Scott. It's pretty good. We talked about Joe Rogan and Neil Young. We talked about uh, Jesus and religion. And we talked about uh, squirrels on meth. It was a really good conversation. It's, it's, it's good to watch Scott versus Scott because you can see two, two people who are very clearly different people getting along. And uh, apparently that seems to be a rare thing in today's day and age. And it really shouldn't be. Anyway, so let's go ahead and get into these crazy Navy stories. All right, first one, uh, had duty one day in port. And so I was in my rack sleeping, and I heard the man overboard alarm go off. Uh, I was not assigned to anything. He was a radio man, so his duties probably involved communications, not fishing people out of the water. Uh, so he stayed in his rack. I was not assigned to anything, so I stayed in my rack. About 10 minutes later, I hear a sloshing sound right outside my rack. I opened my curtains and there was a guy that slept underneath of me that went overboard. He was drunk as hell and he went over and they had to be uh, fish him out from between the ship and the dock. Needless to say, 
he smelled pretty bad too. <laughs> and you you know that water uh, at any any port <laughs> is full of like uh, you know diesel fuel and jet fuel and and poop <laughs> and like human poop, human waste, and like uh, also all the fish rotting fish life that's <laughs> that's always in the ocean. And so, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it seems it's funny because, you know, some people, you know, uh, some people go overboard. That It's just something that happens. It's something that happens in the Navy. Anyway, let's do this next story. Uh, while at sea. Oh, I love this one. While at sea, we always put out a ship's newsletter comprised of articles we took off of whatever AP slash UP facts. That's Associated Press and uh, uh, United Press uh, fact signals that they would receive. All right, so Navy ships would get these this uh, you know press you know press notifications through a fax system. This was in the late '60s. Uh, "Quote: We uh, we are fortunate to have a fax machine. It was in intended to receive weather maps. About halfway across the Atlantic, we would lose the signals, the uh, the press signals. Uh, while on one trip, a fierce battle in Nam was being uh, reported by these presses." After we lost the signals, we stopped putting out the newspaper. Well, the crew was livid. They were mad. They loved that newspaper, apparently. And so they wanted to know what was happening in this battle in Vietnam. So these radio men, they put news, together newsletters consisting of old clippings that they haven't used yet, plus a made-up version of what was happening in this heated battle in Vietnam. <laughs> okay, They invented fake news in 1968. Uh, when they finally got a good AP and UP signal, uh, we simply started blending in the real news with our fake stories, and it worked. The crew was none the wiser, plus we made the comm officer happy. <laughs> These guys are straight up writing fiction. <laughs> People were buying it. I guess it's not too different from today's news, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that's incredibly cool because... Um, you know, even even if you're a radio man, you can get in kind, in, kind of involved in journalism. And that's cool that you got to do that. And that was like, what, 68? I think you put a year in there. 68, yeah. So uh, I got some old salts. Old salts responding to my, uh, to my call for Navy stories. Okay. Here's, I don't know. I think this might be my favorite story. It's short, it's sweet, and it's beautiful. So weekend duty in port in Norfolk. Played chess via flashing light on a Sunday afternoon. I sent into the blind. Okay, when you send into the blind, that means you don't know if there's going to be anybody receiving it. All right. So he just flashed into the blind with the lights. One, P-K-4. Now, I don't know if you know anything about chess, but that means pawn to king's four. <laughs> and he kept flashing this until he got a reply of one, P-K-4. And so they just kept sending these moves to each other back and forth via light signals and played a game of chess. He had no idea who his opponent was, and he lost. <laughs> and I think that that is an incredibly cool story. It's short and sweet, and it's, it's you know, uh, when you have those weekend duties and those off-duty off days, you know, it's, there's not a lot going on, so you can sit there and goof around with stuff like this all day long in many ways. And I think that's an incredibly cool story about breaking the monotony on a weekend duty in port. Okay, this one's a longer story, but it uh, has, it's more, uh, has more action in it, I, I guess we could say. 
All right. Um, on board several ships uh, that I was on, there was a pneumatic tube system connecting us with radio, uh, connecting us in radio with combat. Now, pneumatic tubes, in case you don't know, are kind of like at the bank where you put your stuff in the thing and you, you hit send and it uses pressure tubes and sends it. Anyway, they had a pneumatic tube connecting them with, in radio to combat. It was often used to send immediate messages to combat. Uh, we referred to the containers as bunnies because the bunnies run through the little rabbit holes, right? Uh, so prior to sending a bunny, we would let combat know via the 21 uh, MC that a bunny was with an immediate message was about to be sent. On occasion, CIC, that's Command, Infra Command Information Center, would report that they did not receive the bunny. It was not uncommon that a bunny would become stuck in the tubes. And the first procedure was to increase the air pressure and then close the loading hatch. If the results were negative, that you know, didn't clear the jam, then a battle bunny was put into action. Now, a battle bunny was always on standby. It was a, one of those, like, bank tube things, and, but it was filled with, like, nuts, bolts, washers, you know, anything that was heavy. And so, uh, increasing the, the tube pressure even more, the battle bunny was launched, and CIC would acknowledge receipt and send it back. All right? Uh, when it arrived in radio, it landed with a heavy thunk on the hard padding in its catch basket. CIC had the same type of catch container. One had to be mindful to turn down the pressure afterwards of this because any bunny sent would bounce out of the catch box and become a missile hazard, meaning shoot around the room or hit somebody. Okay, so one evening, there were several, several oboes, which are immediate messages, sent in a short span of time. C CIC called in the 21MC saying that they had not received any of them. Uh, there were about five bunnies that were sent. So one stuck bunny was an easily solved solution, but five portended to be a serious log jam disabling the system. The tube pressure was increased to maximum, a level never attempted before. The battle bunny was launched. And through the bulkheads, you can easily hear it clanging its way down the passageway to the CIC. Immediately, a panicked voice from CIC came in over the 21MC. Turn off the pressure! Turn off the pressure! You're killing us! <laughs> Later, it was reported that there were bunnies bouncing all around the CIC after ricocheting out of the ca a catch basket. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> hey, it's an immediate message. You need it right away, right? Shoot it right in your hands. <laughs> That's amazing. I, you know, I, I guess I'm just too new, new school Navy. I, I didn't have to work with any of this stuff. <clears throat> Anyway, I actually had physically walked down to the uh, what, what, jock. I worked at a jock joint operations center. All right. Um, here's an interesting one involving a radio. <laughs> so um, early 1960, aboard the USS Sperry, AS-12. And at, and at that time, all ships in the harbor had to be up on Harbor Common. Now, Harbor Common is, is basically like a... Uh, like a CB. If you have a CB radio, if you know anything about CB radios, it's like channel 19. You know, it's like channel 19. It's like almost everyone's on, on that channel. But, you know, uh, on the Navy ships, they had to be on this Harbor Common channel. And so it was about 0, 0200 hours. That's 2 in the morning. And on Harbor Common channel, we hear, click. The ship is effed up. Click. Unknown station, DE San Diego Harbor Control. Identify your ship. Over. Click. Click San Diego Harbor. D, uh, San Diego Harbor Control, DE Unknown Station. Well, we ain't that effed up. Out. 
Now I love this is another one of those short and sweet ones where you know it's just you know a couple of kids messing around. <laughs> but one of the comments uh, that someone made is like, you know, it's just there's just way too much wattage <laughs> involved in a navy ship uh, for a bunch of 19 year olds not to play around with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Guy just comes up there. This ship is effed up, man. Unknown station, DE, San Diego Harbor Control. Identify your ship, over. What's funny is that I know that Harbor Control probably had to make a log entry about that. <laughs> they had to write They had to write what he said, I imagine. That is hilarious. Yeah, let's go to the next story. Here's one for you. We are on a Westpac. Westpac is a Western Pacific tour. Uh, in 1969, and we had an RM3, that's a radium and third class petty officer, uh, on there who was a bit of an airhead. This RM3 was a bit of an airhead. So they passed the word around that a sea bat had been captured in and in is on the fantail. Now, a sea bat is not a bat, okay? It's a it's a sea creature. I've never seen one because that those are, I think, only in the Pacific, I think. Anyway, uh, so they, they, passed, they passed the word that a sea bat has been ca uh, captured. And it's on the fantail. And if anyone wanted to see it, go to the fantail. So this RM3 said he had never seen a sea bat and wanted to go look. So he went down to the fantail, that's the back of the ship, and came down, came back red-faced. We asked him how it was. <laughs> and he said he got down on his knees and bent over to look under the box that they said they had put the, <laughs> the sea bat in. He went down, he got down on his knees to look under the box. And that's when they smacked him in the ass with a broom. <laughs> we nearly wet ourselves laughing at that one. I'm sure. It gets boring out there. <laughs> Let's go to the next story here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, LST-902 requested birthing assignment in Vung Tao. Our chief uh, was on the radio making the request. Uh, RM2, name omitted, was sitting next to our chief and cupped his hands over his mouth and said in a muffled voice, Lausanne well, County. This is MSTS Vung Tao. Vung Tao. Your assignment is Red Beach. The chief answered on the radio, Roger, out, and ran to the bridge to tell the captain. RM2 had to quickly call the bridge and ask for our chief and told him that <laughs> it was he and not Vung Tao that was talking to him. <laughs> and after some verbal gymnastics, everything was straightened out. Fortunately, Red Beach did turn to be uh, turn out to be their assignment. The chief was pissed, to put it lightly. Oh, the times we had on LST 902 could write a dime store novel. Yes, you could, and you should. Shipmate. All right, here's an interesting story. Another short but sweet one. In the late 60s, while on liberty in Gulf Juan, France, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. It could be Gulf Juan. Gulf Juan, France. Um, to get back to Khan, uh, to catch a boat back to the ship, a couple of radiomen stole the train. Stole the train to get back to the ship. Now, the reason why that's hilarious is because as somebody who served in the Navy, I understand you do not want to miss ship's movement. And if you miss ship's movement, you better be arrested by the French authorities. <laughs> And so that's the point because uh, missing movement, if uh, if you've never been in the military, it that's just like a serious offense. You can't do that. You know, if your ship's going to be taken off Sunday morning, you need to be on that ship or you're in serious trouble. 
And so if you need to steal a train in France to get to your ship, I guess that's okay. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, my heart is on the side of those radio men who, forced, who were forced to find themselves in that position. All right, one more story from my friends on the radio men group. Um, who uh, This guy was being on an admiral staff. I was also on admiral staff. And it did have some advantages. Anyway, it didn't take us beer drinkers long to realize the fringe benefits of organizing a softball team, obviously. Uh, occasionally on a brief port visits Liberty, we, um, occasionally on brief port visits, Liberty was not granted and sailors had to remain on board the ship. Ooh, bummer. But when Com 7th Fleet, I guess that's the admiral you worked for, the commander of the 7th Fleet. When Com 7th Fleet embarked on the USS St. Paul, CA-73, in early... Uh, in early 1960, they anchored out in the bay at Satahip, Thailand. Liberty was not granted, but the Royal Thai Navy extended an invitation to the Admiral for a beer ball game. It took us about 15 minutes to form a team. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> no doubt. I bet you had alternates for every single position, too. <laughs> of course, being a radioman, I usually had an opportunity to inquire in advance of arriving in port weather, and the locals had a softball team. And we were up for a game. <laughs> that is cool. Beer ball. Like, yeah, I know how to play softball. <laughs> That's how you, yeah, you, you run to first base with your, with your beer. I've played softball before. I know how to play it. <clears throat> okay. And so after uh, reading all these stories, of course, I'm reminded of a few other stories. Um, after I made that video, um, a friend I served with, that was actually on my ship in my command with me. He, uh, he made a comment on my video and reminded me of a story. And I think it's kind of interesting because I was kind of talking about racism a little bit in, uh, in my previous video. And so uh, he brought up this story about how we went to, we were in, I think, Fort Lauderdale. I think it was Fort Lauderdale, Florida, in Liberty. And uh, we, a bunch of us said, hey, let's go over to Hooters. Let's go to Hooters. Let's go over to Hooters. Get something to eat. So we went into Hooters and uh, we're sitting down and we're ordering and all that ogling the girls as you do and um i think i think david david is a guy who commented he reminded me of the story uh david i don't i don't think he liked i can't remember if he didn't like chicken or if he didn't like wings um i think it's because he didn't like chicken because i don't really like chicken on the bone but i mean i can have uh you know i'll eat a buffalo chicken sandwich absolutely you know boneless chicken you know i just i don't like food that is um it's got you know too much of it is inedible you know, here's some ribs, and it's like, ninety eh, percent of this I don't need. <laughs> you know, it's the same. It's the same with wings and anything with bone-in stuff like that. It's like that's why I get New York strip. I don't get you know a, a T-bones. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, but I think David didn't like chicken, and so when you go to Hooters and you don't like chicken, you may turn to the waitress and say, "Oh, I think I need to mention David is Hispanic." All right. So uh, David turned to the waitress at Hooters and said, you know, I'm not really a fan of chicken. Is there anything other than chicken here? And the waitress says, oh, well, we have chili. And uh, after, you know, he ordered, I don't think he got chili. I think he got something else. But um, I, th I think David said, it's like, of, of course, you know, a Hispanic guy has to like chili. You know, racism may have been involved there, but in fairness to the Hooters girl, you know, um, if you go to Hooters and you don't like chicken, there's probably like three things you can get otherwise. And that, that's probably, that's chili. Uh, a burger and uh, what's the? They have like oysters there, I think. <laughs> Who likes eating that? Anyway, 
I thought that was a pretty interesting story because, I mean, he, he mentioned that and it was like, boom, took me right back to that spot. I may not have remembered that incident at all on my own. So thanks, David. Okay. So uh, this last story I want to tell is about a civilian friend of mine who I mistaking, mistakenly gave a number on my ship that he can call me um, if he needed to reach me. So I, uh, I, one night I was on midwatch. Um, and, you know, it was like a Friday night or something like that. And I'll mid watch and about 10 PM, uh, a phone call comes in and the, the phone rang at both where I was in the message center and at the communication watch officer's desk. All right. And either of us could pick up that line. All right. Unfortunately, we were busy with something and I was unable to, uh, intercept this phone call from my civilian friend. Let's call him John. All right. I was unable to intercept this call, and so communications watch officer, who was a radioman first class, I'm not going to give his name, <laughs> but a radioman first class, he picks up the phone, and he's saying, this is the command, Commander Second Fleet Communications, and uh, my friend gets the crazy idea, he's like, yes, hello, this is Hugh Hefner, is there a seaman, is there a seaman Robbins there? He, he made a hell of a mess at my mansion here, and I got a, I got a bone or two to pick with him. <laughs> so um, I'm, do, I'm busy doing what I need to do in the message center. And we get a call from the communications watch officer. Communication watch officer is like, oh, it's for you, Robbins. So I take the phone and the communication watch officer comes on the phone. And is like, uh, Robbins, we've got a phone call from you for you here. Uh, I'm going to patch you in here in a second. But uh, when you're done with your phone call, come down and talk to me. <laughs> So, okay, and then he put he put, connected me with my friend, John. And so uh, I had my conversation with him. He's like, did I get you in trouble, dude? And he's like, yeah, I think you did. <laughs> you know, we had a little conversation, so I had to go down and talk to the communications watch officer, and I got my ass chewed out. Okay, it happens. I've been in, anyone who's been in the military is like, hey, it happens sometimes. And he was totally right. He's like, you know, this is a command ship for the second fleet of the Atlantic. You know, we can't have civilians calling in, playing around on the phones. Important stuff happens here. You're absolutely right, RM1, but in, in all fairness, I can't help what my idiot friends do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got a little bit of an ass chewing uh, from RM1 about that, and I deserved it. I deserved it, in all fairness. And I think that makes me a better person, because sometimes you deserve that ass chewing. Anyway, so uh, that's a, a bunch of Navy stories just to catch up with everything. Maybe we'll have a regular show for you next week. But let's talk about the news for a little bit. So we're going to go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. EK may come in here, hit Stinger. He's very busy. He's very busy. <clears throat> All right, the news worth knowing. All right. Schools across America implement BLM week of action that calls for a disruption of the Western nuclear family. As you know, it's February. Today is actually, I think, Groundhog Day, I believe. And February is Black History Month, so obviously that means it's all about Black Lives Matter. Anyway, let's go to the story. Schools across America are implementing the Black Lives Matter of school at school week of action curriculum that, excuse me, that calls for the quote disruption of the Western nuclear family dynamics. Uh, the, the week of action started on Monday in several schools from Washington State to Massachusetts, bringing the classrooms and the activist-based curriculum that preaches controversial ideas that's kind of opinion there fox 
It's not objective. Anyway, according to the Week of Action Starter Kit published on the Black Lives Matter at School website, the group has a list of four national demands that include funding counselors, not cops, and mandating black history and ethnic studies in classrooms. Additionally, the Week of Action of action curriculum centers itself on the 13 Black Lives Matter guiding principles, which includes concepts such as black villages and globalism. Quote, black villages is a disruption of Western nuclear family dynamics and a return to the collective village that takes care of each other, the starter kit reads. Globalism is our ability to see how we are impacted or privileged within the black global family that exists across the world in different regions. Most rational thinkers agree that public schools should not uh, should not be home to a political activism from any side of the political divide. But public schools across America, from Boston to Seattle, have opened their doors for activist teachings from the uh, divisive Black Lives Matters political organization. Parents Defending Education Vice President of Investigations, Azra Nomani, said in a statement, "Quote under the cover of a week of action." called it Black Lives Matter at school, children as young as five years old are being trained how to be political activists. Nomani continued, what we are witnessing is state-sponsored political indoctrination using coloring books, downloadable sh uh, slideshows, and contests to teach the uh, next generation social justice activism in the program's own words. Quote, we need radicalization out of schools, especially as children struggle with learning loss from the pandemic and reading, writing, and arithmetic back in schools, Nomani added. Absolutely 100% correct, Azra Nomani. And, you know, the whole idea of this uh, destruction of the nuclear family, that's all, that's, that's how you destroy America, all right? Because kids need, kids need, you know, a mother and a father to grow up and, you know, well, you know, uh, well-rounded adults. And that's all there is to it. That's what they need. And so this idea of the collective village, the whole Hillary Clinton, oh, it takes a village to raise a kid, nonsense. You know, it's not the village that's going to be raising your kid. It's going to be the government, the state. You know, when they say it takes a village, they don't mean it's your local community that's helping raise your kid. They mean that the state, the public school systems, think that they should raise your children and teach them all this nonsense, all this racist nonsense. All right. They should be focusing on reading, writing, and arithmetic, and not just training them to be social activists. You know, and these kids, they'll grow up and they'll think that that's what they're supposed to do with their lives. They're supposed to be protesters and activists. Find a cause and get behind it. That's what, that's what people do. It's like, no, no. I'm tired of this racism. I'm, re I'm really getting sick of it. And I think a lot of Americans are too. You know, you could teach... You could teach African-American history and not have to talk about it's like, oh, you know, black people have it so bad. It's not 1961 anymore. It's not that bad. Holy cow. Anyway, let's go on to something called Blue Lives Matter. Um, at least 30 police law enforcement officers shot last month, up 67% from January 2021. At least 30 police and law enforcement officers were shot in the month of January, up to 67% from the same time last year, new statistics show. As the head of the country's largest police union calls for violence against cops, calls the violence against cops, quote, the worst I have ever seen. Uh, five of the 30 officers shot in the line of duty were killed, and four of the shootings were ambush-style attacks. 
the National Fraternal Order of Police said in Tuesday press release. The union found that five officers were shot and three were killed by the ambush gunfire. Quote, the number of ambush attacks, ambush style attacks listed does not include the countless incidents where an officer was shot but not struck by gunfire during an ambush style attack. Was shot at but not struck by gunfire during an ambush style attack. The FOP reports, Fraternal Order Police. Uh, the statistics account for the shootings of, in New York City where two officers were killed and three more were wounded and Houston where four have been shot this month. Three officers were shot in Wisconsin and three more were wounded in Georgia. Other states that reported officers shot include Nevada, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Oklahoma, California, Illinois, uh, North Carolina, and New Mexico, Montana, and Washington State, the group found. An off officer was also struck in Washington, D.C. Quote, in just the first month of 2022, we saw the real-life consequences of and felt the immense pain caused by the recent surge in violent crime and the heinous acts of cowardly individuals whose sole motivation is to injure or kill law a law enforcement officer, Yoz said. Forgive me, Y-O-E-S, Yoz, Yoz said, uh, quote, no officer should be at risk of being violently targeted simply because of the uniform they wear. He said the violence toward law enforcement is skyrocketing as crime rates also climb. Quote, I have worked in law enforcement for 36 years, he continued, and uh, the, level, the current level of violence targeting, targeted at our law enforcement officers is the worst I've ever seen. On Tuesday, the same day the FOP report was released, hundreds, if not thousands, gathered to uh, begin saying their final goodbyes to New York Police Department Officer Wil Wilbert Mora. Mora, a 27-year-old officer with the New York Police Department, 32, uh, New York Police Department's 32nd Precinct in Harlem, died on January 25th, four days after he was shot in the head by a domestic violence suspect. His par partner, Detective uh, Jason Rivera, was also killed. The suspect allegedly used a high-capacity magazine and a handgun, both of which were uh, both of which were found to have been stolen. Earlier this week, Yoez Yoz slammed White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki for mocking and belittling Americans' concerns about the nation's skyrocketing crime rates and increased violence. The comments remained after Psaki uh, criticized Fox News over its coverage of crime coverage. Of crime. <laughs> uh, copy editor. Yeah, so, I mean... People, people want to think that, you know, it's like we got an over-incarceration problem. It's like, no, we got an under-incarceration problem. Sorry, a bunch of people need to be thrown in prison. That's all there is to it. We've, we've been, you know, letting them go, you know, ever since, uh, I want to say, ever since, uh, what was that guy's name? No, <laughs> no, uh, guy uh, that started all those riots, George Floyd. Ever since George Floyd, they've been just, they've just... Start the well, he, no, he didn't start it, obviously. But ever since that that incident with George Floyd, it's like we've just been well. We don't want to arrest anybody, certainly not minorities, and, and that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what person's skin color is. If they commit a crime, they need to go to jail. Period. I don't care about the demographics of who's being in processed. Crime is crime is crime. And if it's if they find out it's like some racist incident, that should come out in the trial at court. Anyway, going on this next story. So I don't know if you know about this, but we're talking about the we're going to talk about this Canadian trucker freedom convoy. So uh, here we go. Let's uh, let's get the facts here. The fat, fast facts. So Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau called the Ottawa protesters a fringe minority. Justin Trudeau, Trudette. 
he's a real jerk. And he, you know, when he starts calling these people like this, their unacceptable views and stuff like that, it just shows you that that guy is, he's not fit to be a leader. Certainly not in a free country. That's totalitarian rhetoric that Justin Trudeau has been talking about. Because these people, are, they're a bunch of truckers protesting the vaccine mandates in Canada. They've been driving, you know, to Ottawa, honking their horns like crazy. So, and uh, let's see, the protest has attracted support from former President Trump and Tesla billionaire Elon Musk. And the AP reported that smaller but uh, still significant number of protesters remained on the street on Tuesday, saying they won't give, uh, they won't leave until all vaccine mandates and other restrictions are gone. And so, uh, yeah, they have these people and they're, they're just protesting. They're simply protesting the mandate. And, you know, most of them have the vaccine, have been vaccinated. They're just protesting the mandate. They're not protesting the vaccine. They're, the fact that you're forcing people to get it is wrong. It's straight up wrong. And even, God bless them, even Canadians know that that's wrong. And that's what this whole thing is all about. Anyway, Canadian lead. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Al Alberta Premier Jason Kinney called on protesters in, dem in their demonstration along the US, uh, Canadian U.S. border in southern Alberta. Police said Tuesday that some people breached a police barrier in order to join the protesters. A head on crash was reported. That's, you know, that's going to happen no matter what, even if they were there or not. Reported driving opposite directions on the same road. Assault was also reported. No one has been arrested, and police are still investigating the crash and assault. So, I mean, you know, stuff like that is going to happen. <clears throat> um, yeah, um, so Canadian leader detweet, deletes tweet outlining plan to target trucker convoys GoFundMe do donations. And this has been another thing when it comes to these uh, these things. When, when, some, when some movement like that pops up and they have a GoFundMe account for this, uh, you know, freedom, freedom convoy, They'll, they'll attack them by freezing their money, you know, which is, that's, that's Soviet, <laughs> you know, that's crazy evil, you know? And so I, I, you know, yeah, I have to support these guys, these, these truckers and stuff like that. You know, I get mad at them on the highway, <laughs> but you know, the, you know, these people are, are protesting their right to not be forced to take a medication. And that's that's why I got to support these uh, the freedom truckers. Help them out if you can. Support them if, if you can. I would appreciate that. I'm sure they would appreciate that. So keep watching that story. See how that plays out. Because uh, in many ways, Canada is like a canary in the coal, coal mine for the Western Hemisphere. Anyway. Let's go on to this next story because <clears throat> a lot of people have been talking about this, and uh, I got some, I got some, I got some views on it. <laughs> so Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended from the View following her Holocaust remarks. So I don't know if you follow the news like I do, but this has been going on for the last couple of days. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the View co-host Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended following her controversial remarks about the Holocaust. What? I can't hear you. What? Her correct remarks about the Holocaust? Whatever. Did you hear them? I heard them. Evil is evil is evil. Uh, fair enough, That's but and no, nobody can hear you, man. Trust me, they can't hear you. What do you say? You don't have a mic? And keep your opinion to yourself, pal. If you don't have a microphone, you you don't have an opinion. 
<laughs> anyway, the VU co-host Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended following her controversial remarks about the Holocaust. Uh, quote, effective immediately, I am suspending Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks for her wrong and hurtful comments, ABC News President Kim Godwin said in a statement Tuesday evening. While Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. Uh, the entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with our Jewish colleagues, friends, and communities, Godwin added. Goldberg went viral on Monday when she argued that the Holocaust isn't about race, stunning her colleagues at the table. What is it about, co-host uh, co Joy Behar asked. It's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about, Goldberg said. But it's about the, a white supremacist group going after Jews and gypsies, co-host Anna Navarro said as Goldberg attempted to speak over her. But these are two white groups of people, Goldberg said as her colleagues disagreed. <laughs> uh, Jewish groups condemned the comments, accusing her of minimizing Jewish suffering. Uh, Goldberg uh, attempted to explain her remarks during her appearance on The Late Show. Uh, it, it upset a lot of people. This is a quote. It upset a lot of people, which is never, ever, ever my intention. I thought we were having a discussion, Goldberg told Stephen Colbert. I think of race as being something that I can see. You couldn't tell who was Jewish. They had to delve deeply to figure it out. My point is, they had to do the work. She also told Colbert, I don't want to fake apologize. I'm very upset that people misunderstood what I was saying. Uh, before the pre-taped interview aired on CBS, Goldberg issued an apology. Quote, on today's show, I said the Holocaust is not about race, but about man's inhumanity to man. I should have ended it. I should have said it was about both, Goldberg said in a statement. As Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League shared, the Holocaust was about the Nazi systematic annihilation of the Jew Jewish people uh, who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected. Uh, quote, the Jewish people around the world have always had my support and that will never waver. I'm sorry that I have hurt. I'm sorry for the hurt I have caused, Goldberg added. Uh, Goldberg reiterated the sentiment on Tuesday, Tuesday's installment of The View, saying that she regrets her comments. ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt also joined the program to educate Goldberg about the Holocaust. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I don't think she should have been suspended. I, I don't think, I think the fact that Whoopi has an opinion is fine with me. All right. What I will say is that if anyone who has, who is a conservative, anyone who is a conservative and says something similar like that, they would be crucified in the press. Crucified. Whoopi Goldberg is allowed to go on an apology tour on Stephen Colbert. Now, I, regardless of Whoopi's opinion, regardless of it, I think she has the right to have that opinion. That's the point of having some idiot out there saying stupid shit like that. So you can sit there and say, watch, oh, Whoopi Goldberg's an idiot. I, you know. I don't have to listen to her opinion because I think she's an idiot. Doesn't mean you have to dislike Jumpin' Jack Flash. Doesn't mean you have to stop watching Sister Act. Doesn't mean you you, you know you know uh, you can you have to hate Guinan on Star Trek: The Next Generation. You know, being an actor, you know, has nothing to do with being an intelligent person who knows things about social issues. You know, clearly Whoopi is is very confused about things. Evil is evil. I get your point, but. The fact that you have to say is like, oh, it's just white on white, and that's okay with me. That's the problem I have, you know? And, um, I, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about the Jewish people, but the simple fact that the Jewish people are playing this victim card, you know, in, in comparison to what, like, Whoopi has been saying, I think that is wrong as well. 
You know, yes, it was a horrible thing. The Holocaust was a horrible thing, but it's not happening anymore. You know, people are evil. Yes, and that and race has nothing to do with any of it. Absolutely right, Whoopi. That's How, what, however, that's what I was saying. yes, that that is what EK was saying. Evil is evil, and race has nothing to do with it. When you start bringing race into it, that's the problem. That's where problems begin. But I don't think she should be kicked off a show. I don't think anyone should be camp canceled for their stupid friggin' opinions because I have plenty of those myself. Two weeks suspension. Two weeks suspension. You know, if there's anybody else, they'll be fired. And it, it what bothers me is I was thinking because um, I was listening to an old Gavin McInnes episode, and they were they were talking about the time Kelly Osbourne was on the View, and she said, "Who's going to clean your toilets, Mister Trump?" You know, if you don't like all these Hispanics, who's going to clean your toilets? You know, obviously she wasn't invited back, and obviously that's a racist thing to say. But Kelly Osborne has a right to her stupid friggin' opinion. Everyone has a stinky asshole. Wait. And she was implying that he was the one that would hire into this, not that it was yeah, acceptable. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's, yeah, it's, it's irrelevant with uh, about the race thing. It, the race isn't relevant, you know? The evil is relevant, okay? Anyway. Let's get into these two more happy stories, and then we'll call it a day. Happier stories, I guess. I don't know. I'm, how much do you care about a groundhog? All right. Uh, New Jersey groundhog dies before his big day. <laughs> what does that mean? Milltown. How many weeks of winter is that? Yeah, how many weeks of winter? We're staying in winter. No, that when the, when the groundhog dies, that means COVID's lasting forever. <laughs> Nuclear winter, EK says. Anyway. So Milltown Mel, a New Jersey groundhog who, like his more famous Pennsylvania counterpart, makes weather predictions every February 2nd, died recently just days before Groundhog Day, according to reports. Mel, quote, crossed over the Rainbow Bridge. The Wranglers who have taken care of him posted on Facebook over the weekend. He was about three years old. So apparently, Mel believes in the Norse gods. Interesting. Yes. So groundhogs apparently are Vikings. They're off, like raccoons. Like raccoons are. <laughs> I think that probably applies to all rodents, maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, the crew in Milltown, about 37 miles southwest of the Big Apple, said it was probably too close to Groundhog Day to find a replacement rodent, so they'd likely have to skip a ceremony this year, Fox 5 reported. We tried everywhere to get a stand-in, but no available. No avail. They wrote on Facebook. On top of that, well, if, if you did, were able to find a replacement, would you have said anything? That's what I want to know. Would you have said, no, it's the same same groundhog. Same exact one. Hey, he lost weight since last year. Yeah, we spray-painted him. <laughs> anyway, we tried everywhere to get a stand-in, but to no available. They wrote, no avail. They wrote on Facebook. On top of that, uh, the county is not currently renting out the big showmobile stage due to the pandemic so uh we would have had to issue had that issue as well the wranglers have their sights set for a 2023 return they wrote uh, aside from puxatawney and milltown other communities of their own the that have their own prognosticating critters including staten island new york staten island chuck chuck <laughs> aka charles g hogg <laughs> Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, Court, North Carolina. His name is Sir Walter Wally. That's clever. And Balzac, Alberta, Canada. And it's Balzac Billy.
It's like the mess squirrel last week when D's nuts. <laughs> what's what's the point? Why have a pet? Why have a pet? It's like um, what was that letter Kenny? We're talking. Well, if you're not naming your if you're not naming your cows, you're just leaving fun on the table. You know, <laughs> you're not you're not naming every animal you're around. You're not you're just leaving fun on the table. You should might as well take it. Anyway, let's get to this last story. So North Carolina nonprofit builds free homes for licensed foster families. North Carolina nonprofit is building free homes for foster families aimed at keeping large sibling groups together and in their own home communities. Alex William, the founder of Fostering Hopes, told Fox News that North Carolina limits how many children, including biological uh, children, can be in a home. Excuse me. It's, it's very, very difficult to find a family that's got the capacity to take two or certainly three children, Williams, who's worked in foster care for a decade, said. In many cases, sibling groups are ultimately separated and sent across the state, hardly ever seeing each other, Williams said, adding that it only compounds the trauma they go through. Williams estimated that close to 50% of the roughly 20,000 children who are in foster care in the state are placed outside their county. To combat this epidemic, epidemic in quotes, Fostering Hopes uh, teamed up with the H3 Collective to create a multiple, multiple professional foster homes uh, throughout Western North Carolina. The first one in North Buncombe County is already 60% done, he said. The 3,600 square foot home whew, encompasses five bedrooms and has two bonus rooms. It, do you have, they have to find them? Oh, I found a secret room. In my house, <laughs> the two bonus rooms, it will be big enough to house five children, which is generally the maximum allowed under one roof per state licensing regulations, according to Williams. Vol volunteers donated their time and supplies to make sure the house will be completely will be completed by late spring when Williams hopes to hand over the keys to licensed foster parents free of charge. That is so cool. The only thing they need to do now is find the couple who are willing to be full-time foster parents. Fostering hopes is well equipped to handle this challenge. Formed during the pandemic, Fostering Hopes has dedicated its time to creating necessary and needed changes to the foster care system. Since it was established, the organization has worked to recruit potential foster parents on behalf of the state, which means it directs parents to the uh, to the right Department of Social Services office in their county to get licensed. Uh, it's an important task, according to Williams, because it increases the likelihood that kids will be able to stay in their home county. It means that they will get to stay in the community they're familiar with, Williams said, adding that it's far more likely they'll be able to go home to reunify with their parents in a healthy way. The organization also helps to bring community support for foster parents, uh, first by educating community members, uh, such as businesses and churches, about the realities of foster care. Then, Fostering Homes provides opportunities to those entities to support foster parents and children, primarily, those who f primarily so those foster parents don't burn out. In the past, the organization has worked with retail partners to get more clothing and shoes to foster children and help parks and recreation departments facilitate a foster parent's night out. <laughs> uh, the, professional foster, uh, the professional foster homes are, groups, are the group's latest mission. Within the next three to five years, Williams hopes to create these large houses within 10 to 15 counties within western part of the state. However, his ultimate goal is to expand this model throughout the entire state. The intention is to provide hope to children who typically find themselves without it, 
Williams said, we hope to keep siblings together, to keep children in their home communities and provide dedicated families or parents for children who need them at the, who need them the most. These homes, he said, provide a base and a focus to provide that hope within communities. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. Americans are the best. <laughs> and you know what? Is, uh, you know, when I was in a, a world changers and world changers was an organization I was with when through my church and we went and built houses for poor people. And I always thought that to be the most important work I ever did in my life. You know, uh, helping, helping somebody out like that is probably the most important work I ever did in life. And this, these people do, they do it every day. I did it a couple, I gave up a couple of my summers to do it when I was a teenager, mostly worried about chasing trim because <laughs> I was, did a lot of painting. You do all the tree. You got to put this masking tape up. What do you What do you think I meant? Anyway, so uh, this is going to be the end of the show. I want to remind you to go over to Patreon.com/slash/ShockMonkeyRadio. Become a patron. I would appreciate it very much. Uh, thank you, shipmates, for all those Navy stories. I really appreciate it. And uh, I also have a, a cash shop. Go to cash. Use the hashtag ShockMonkeyRadio. All one word. You can send me money that way. You can also email me at MadmanFXBGPR.com, and maybe I'll feature you in a mailbag. I won't use names. Statute of limitations. <coughs> Statute of limitations, right? Anyway, yeah, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. You know, tell everybody you know about this show. Uh, talk about how awesome I am and how my eyes are so pretty. <laughs> I would really appreciate it. You know, help help me make some money. Help me make you know make this as a living. I would appreciate that. Yeah, this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I am the Madman, and I love you. <laughs> <laughs>